Medic 43, District 1, Engine 51, Response, Cardiac Arrest. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the MCHD Paramedic Podcast. Today, we are going to discuss child passenger safety, and we're lucky enough to have Ashton Herring with us. She's our MCHD Outreach Coordinator and basically car seat guru. Thanks for joining us, Ashton. Thanks for having me. Dr. Dixon and I are here. We are going to contribute very little to this discussion as we, number one, we're probably... uh, not ideal car seat parents. I know I wasn't, but we're going to try to educate uh, listeners out there uh, basically on, on why car seats matter and, and how this impacts us as, as emergency providers. So started off, I know that car seats work, Ashton. I know, you know, I know they're important. I know they matter, but give us a little, little bit of the details. Why should the average paramedic, why should the public care about child passenger safety? Yeah, so um, plain and simple, car seats, booster seats, and seat belts have a really important job no matter what your age. The biggest purpose they serve is they keep you in the vehicle in the event of a crash. But they also make contact with the strongest parts of your body, so your collarbone, your hips, and they're going to spread those crash forces over a larger surface area. And uh, when they're used properly, they're going to help slow your body down in a crash so that you're not making that whatever mile an hour to zero miles an hour in that short period of time. It's going to slow down that crash for a longer period of time, reducing those crash forces. And lastly, it, it protects your brain and your spinal cord from severe injury in the event of those crashes. Excellent. So what are some of the programs we have here at MCHD to help and educate the public? Tell us about some of the, the work that you do here every every day, basically. Yeah, so we um, we offer regular car seat checks for families in the community, caregivers in our community, to come in and see if their car seat's installed correctly, whether it be new parents or people who are just wanting to make sure they've been doing it right or maybe fix maybe something they haven't been doing right. We also work with our local hospitals, so I've gone and educated nurses and staff in labor and delivery units and NICUs on how to better provide education for caregivers going home with their brand new babies. We've even done some education for local law enforcement to help enforce traffic. So when they're making stops and maybe they see car seats or children that aren't restrained correctly, they can enforce that better. Yeah, when you're on that, Ashton, can you can you just refresh my memory of what is the state law in Texas? Can you just go over what, what the laws are here and sure. different types of seats for different kids? And, and when is it appropriate for a kid to be out of a car seat? When do you graduate them to just no car seat? Yeah, so all those are really great questions. So Texas, unfortunately, uh, it may be fortunately, um, our law is pretty vague. So it just, we're a proper use state. So our law says that a car seat is being used legally when it's being used correctly by the manufacturer guidelines. Texas also requires that a child has to stay in a car seat or a booster seat until they're at least eight years old or four foot nine inches. Now, for some kids, eight years old or four foot nine inches doesn't necessarily mean they're big enough to safely ride in an adult seat belt. So usually we see kids being big enough height-wise to sit in that adult seat belt correctly between 10 to 12 sometimes. So you have different phases in car seats. Most people are most familiar with that um, car seat that has the carrier. You have the base that gets installed mm-hmm. in your car. Um, those are called a rear-facing only car seat. So typically from infant, usually around 30 pounds, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. And then we're going to go to a convertible car seat. And that convertible car seat will allow you to rear face, usually to about 40 or 50 pounds. Um, There's a height requirement as well. So that's rear facing for some kids think, I mean, 40 or 50 pounds, that's a that could be a pretty big kid. So we see rear facing in some families to four years old now. 
or even longer, which is pretty crazy when you think about it, but pretty incredible when you think about all that safety you're giving that child. And then of course, from there, you flip them around forward facing. That forward facing with a harness has um, different limitations on it as far as weight and height go as well. And then after that, booster seat and then to adult seat belt. So lots of different steps of car seats. Now the American Academy of Pediatrics just revised their statement on child passenger safety to say that the best practice is to keep that child in that stage of a car seat as long as possible. So for example, we wanna keep them rear facing till we hit that milestone of when it's time to flip forward facing. So keep them in there as long as possible until they're outgrowing that milestone and then flip them around to the next forward facing and then keep them in a harness as long as possible until you hit those limitations of that forward facing harness and so on. And by following that best practice, you're keeping them in the safest position as long as possible. Regardless of your dislike from the uh, rear sticking Cheerios from your- Yeah, we weren't even, we talked about this beforehand, but we're not even going, I have three kids who are way bigger now. Think uh, What's statute of limitations on this? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, the nasty, disgusting things that are in those car seats are, it's amazing to me. I call it unidentifiable child goo. Like Like in- and you do ones like you revise and kind of consult mm-hmm. with people who do have kind of nasty ones. Do yeah. you have, we'll save like the nastiest car seat story for last. Sure. I had it. a child come the other day and he, um, when we were moving his car seat around, he actually had money falling out of his car seat. Oh. So oh. I was like, this is the best kind of car seat check. This yeah. is like a ATM machine here. And so you just took it up and shook it upside down and all these quarters started falling out. Quarters? Yeah, quarters. He was a wow. smart kid. He was keeping the quarters. Nice. Nice. Smart guy there. So let's back up for a second you just dropped a humongous knowledge bomb on me those were all facts that i'm not aware of before just listening to you but how did you become the mcht car seat guru where where did this where did this journey personally start for you not exactly the you know the classic pathway for the paramedic to take how did you how did you end up in in your in your office in your chair so guru's a very nice term. I don't know that I'd call myself a guru. I um, I'm just, I've become kind of a crazy car seat person, I think. So I, I think one of, um, I don't have children. I have a four-legged child, but I don't have human children. And so car seats were completely foreign to me when I started in this position. So I, I got hired in the position as outreach coordinator. And one of the expectations was car seat program. So I signed up to, to take a class and I was terrified because I don't have children and what do I know? And, um, and it's amazing. You just don't know what you don't know, I think. And I think that's the same thing with parents. They just don't know what they don't know. So it's a 40 hour class to go through to become a child passenger safety technician. And I learned so much. My brain hurt, but I fell in love with this. It is such a, you know, a a 30 minute check with somebody's car seat can be the difference in, in preventing injury or even death in a child. And I think what a valuable thing you could give a parent or a caregiver in just 30 minutes of your time. Yeah, I think that's huge. And we had talked a little bit before the cast that uh, I've been doing this for a long time uh, in the EMS and, and ED world over 20 years and seeing, I don't know how many crashes we've seen, Casey, lots and lots and lots of patients. And I personally have never seen in all those cases a fatality or a seriously, seriously injured child that was properly restrained. And that's in some bad, bad crashes. Yeah. I mean, these things, I mean, I guess I don't know the numbers and I don't know anything about it, but I know it works. Yeah, I mean, I can I can remember specific crashes where, you know, adult occupants dead on the scene with gruesome injuries and child we brought in you know, transported by EMS in the car seat, car seat intact, and the child would have, you know, barely a scratch. I can remember very specifically several of those, those type cases. So I, you know, I, 
don't like to go too far with anecdotal evidence. Uh, I know there's, you know, hindsight bias and all those things that occur, but I, uh, I think if you want to get into the, you know, the Highway Transportation Administration data, it supports our anecdotal evidence. And I think I is say. that your experience of looking yeah. at the data and being an expert that it does confer a significant survival and injury protective benefit for children? Car crashes um, are the leading cause of death in children of all ages. And um, and so that's a that's a that's a big deal, right? This affects children of all ages. And thankfully there's there's a occupant safety measure for children of all ages, whether it be a car seat, a booster seat, or properly using that seatbelt when you're the right size. And um, and it's such a preventable death or injury. Right. You're dealing with parents like Dr. Dixon and myself that may be car seat challenged. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see when folks come in for their car seat check or you're working with hospitals or parents are put in the car seat? I mean, you know, when you think about parenting milestones and things that I've, I've gone through as a parent, I've got three older children myself. One of the more terrifying moments as a parent, period, bar none for me, was trying to tighten the straps on the car seat <laughs> In the 1992 white Jeep Cherokee in the parking lot of St. Joe's East Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, when I took my daughter home for the first time and realized that I've got to put her in this seat. She's two and a half days old and she's got to sit in here and be strapped in and I'm going to pull out of the parking lot and I'm now officially responsible for her. Yeah. And it was, if you had checked the car seat, I'm sure you would have cackled across the parking Mm -hmm. lot at how poorly installed it was. How inept you were. Well, I mean, I pulled every single strap possible, and the thing was still loose, and I, I, I was sweating. Yeah, they're, they're super painful, aren't it was, they? This was like, May. This was May. You know, it was it was warm. I had I was you know nervous and scared to death to be responsible for the child to begin with, let alone to strap her into my car. Sure. So when you see folks like myself who can't operate the car seat, what are some of the mistakes that you see, and how do you kind of how do you troubleshoot? I guess would be the best yeah. way to phrase it. So across the U.S., we know that that misuse rate in car seats varies between about 74 and 90 percent, which is huge, right? I mean, that's the majority of car seats are misused in the U.S. Are you just trying to make Dr. Patrick feel good about him today? I, well, I think that I think it should. I, this isn't to parent shame, right? right? I think it's to prove to parents you just don't know what you don't know. You get discharged from the hospital. You have, I don't know, every baby product you bought had a manual that came with it. They give you a 60-page manual for your car seat, and they said, good luck, and bring them back in two weeks for their checkup. And um, and I think that's hard, right? Yeah. And then that's not to mention, you're not going to sleep ever again, at least for the first few months or, or years. And then all the other things that come with being a parent is hard, and so that misuse rate is, is very high. Um, thankfully, there's child passenger safety technicians across the U.S. available to help. Here locally, even still, um, we measure our misuse in Montgomery County, and it's about 80%. It's 79 point something percent, 80%. And that brings up something we didn't talk about before. So uh, I know we're going to do the resources in the end, Casey, but like how would a parent find you? How, yeah. how do parents in another county or whatever find the Ashton Herring that can help them and guide them uh, through this process? Yes, yeah, so there's some great resources. Safe Kids Worldwide is probably the best one to look for a child passenger safety technician near you. A lot of times people think they can go to a local fire station or a police department, um, and in some counties that might be possible. Here in Montgomery County, we don't have a single fire station or police station that offers car seat checks. So unfortunately, aside from Montgomery County Hospital District and a few other resources, there, it's pretty limited here where we are. Now you go to Houston, you get a few more 
more resources, but we work we work very closely with Safe Kids Greater Houston, which is a branch of Safe Kids Worldwide, um, to make those services available. And could they find, could the listeners find a certified technician online if say they went to that website to the Safe, is it Safe Kids? Safe Kids Worldwide, and then you would be able to search for uh, a technician. I think there's a there, there's a feature on there that says find a technician. Actually, there you not go. a car right. find a car seat uh, guru. Find another not another yeah. car seat guru. Okay. You know, I, I like the word guru. Um, I just think it um, it's an unfair term for me. I'm always learning. These car seats change. There'll be a new car seat out tomorrow, and so you know I have to go learn those those things all the time. So I'm constantly learning. Even as an instructor, I get to teach other technicians, but I'm just constantly learning. Do you see the biggest problem in sizing errors do you see it in i always felt like i could never get the straps tight do you feel like it's more of a i guess for lack of a better term a connection issue a, you know tightness where, where do people mess up and where do you where do you fix the seats when you when you fix them i mean if 80 percent in montgomery county are off you're doing a lot of fixing yeah so where, where do you fix them so it depends on what stage you're in but a lot of times in our rear facing kids the a big problem is the car seat's not tight enough so whether that be you just haven't tightened down the seatbelt tight enough or the lower anchors tight enough, those those could be part of the problem. We also see a lot of problems in harnessing the children. The harness isn't tight enough. The chest clip isn't positioned properly. Um, a, we do a pinch test to test our harness tightness. So we're checking at the collarbone to make sure that we can't pinch any excess harness between our thumb and our fingers. And if it doesn't pass that pinch test, it's not tight enough. One of the ones that I see on all the time on social media is the, the chest clip. So it's not a belly clip. And a lot of times we see that chest clip positioned down too low at the child's abdomen and not positioned at the armpit level where it should be. And that chest clip can play an important role in a crash. Um, and what that's doing is it's aligning the collar or the harness over the collarbone pre-crash. So it's making sure that the harness is aligned over the collarbone before that crash happens. And that could potentially prevent ejection from the harness in the event of a crash. Uh, I snapped the chest clip at the belly button. Yeah more times than I could count when it was just like, get in there. I don't care how sure. I get you in there. Whatever is in there is going to be good enough for right. today. So I, I was definitely guilty of that one. Speaking of new car seats and variations in straps and clips and those sort of things, it's been a while since I've shot for one, thankfully. What's what's the best car seat? I know you probably get asked that by parents and you know especially new parents. What, what, how do you answer that question? Yeah, so um, we don't like to throw brands out there. You know, people's um, financial ability it varies from caregiver to caregiver. And so, of course, there's ones that I might say, oh, these are my favorite if Ashton had to go buy a car seat for my child. But um, what we're really looking for is a car seat that fits the child's age, weight, height, developmental stages. So maybe it's a child with special needs and or they have, you know, certain limitations or needs they, that they need in a car seat. Um, but we're also looking for that car seat that the caregiver can use correctly every time. If you go buy an expensive car seat and you don't know how to use all the features on it, you've spend a lot of money for something you're not getting the return out of. So we want to make sure that parents are purchasing that car seat that they can use that fits the needs of their child, that fits the size of their child. And all of those car seats that are, are approved are going to be meeting that same minimum crash testing. So they're all the same at the minimum. They meet that same crash testing standard. If I go into Target or to Walmart or to insert store here, Babies R Us existed back when I had kids. That's where we went. If you go into the store and you buy a car seat, is are there car seats for sale that do not meet requirements. I mean, 
if you go get one in the store, is it guaranteed to meet a minimum requirement in, in America? So when you're looking at your major um, retailers like Target and Walmart, those are going to be car seats that meet that crash testing standard. Where we've started to see problems emerge with non-approved car seats or other types of restraint devices is places like Amazon, where they're selling some sort of um, restraint system that is a knockoff or um, not a, a NHTSA-approved car seat. That's, I, I would assume eBay, probably Craigslist, used car, used used car, car seats, seats probably, right. probably bad news also. And, and it's for a different reason, right? So they might be selling a, um, a name brand car seat that you could have bought in, in Target or Walmart or, or one of your other retailers, um, but it's a used car seat. And when I'm Ashton, if I were to sell a car seat and I go to this, the, per, the buyer and I say, this car seat's never been in a crash. It's um, not expired. It's not recalled. And I'm being honest and truthful about those things. That's a, that's a safe car seat to use. Unfortunately, when we're purchasing car seats from a garage sale, a, re- a resale shop, those we don't have the opportunity to know the history of that car seat and if they've been crashed before. And for most car seats, um, if they have been crashed, unfortunately, they, they likely aren't safe to be used again. That's a good, good spot for us to wrap up. This was great information, Ashton. Thank you again for joining us and talking about something that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse, Dr. Dixon's wheelhouse. But yeah, this is hugely informative. Really, you, really appreciate you. You, you mentioned uh, Safe Kids. What are some other resources for the listeners out there? And we'll put these in the show notes for everybody that uh, listen and ride or driving so you can. Yeah, you don't drive and ride. Yep. Sure. So the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, if you wanted to read their statement on child passenger safety, that's a great resource to look at. The Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, so CHOP, they have a great injury prevention program. And so they have lots of really great resources. Um, Safe Kids Greater Houston, Safe Kids Worldwide, NHTSA, just to get some of the background. They also have a a car seat guide as well. And then lastly, I'm going to throw a plug for this one, uh, Car Seats for the Littles. Uh, This is a group of um, moms who are car seat technicians or instructors who are using car seats every day in real life. And so they're giving real life parent reviews. So it's called Car Seats for the Littles. I say moms, there's probably some dads on there too, maybe some grandparents, but it's a really great resource for maybe you have a specific car and a specific need and you can match those up. Just a lot of really great reviews of, of all the people who are I'm going to call us crazy car seat people out there. If we're advocating for children's safety and, and injury pre- prevention, if that's crazy, uh, sign me up for crazy as well. Thanks again for joining us, Aston. Thanks, Dr. Dixon. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review at iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, wherever you listen to us, Google Play if you're an Android person. And as always, if you have questions or concerns or ideas for future podcasts, email us at the podcast email, mchd-tx.org. That's podcast at mchd-tx.org. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. This podcast was brought to you by the Montgomery County Hospital District, Texas. Production and editing by Andrew Adams. Questions or comments, which are always welcome, can be sent to podcast at mchd-tx.org. Make sure to subscribe above to keep updated to all our future casts. Music, copyright, Kevin McLeod, and Competech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.